In my first full episode, I shared with y'all the story of my journey to healing and becoming a gaslighting specialist. Today, I wanted to share the story of my transformation, of stepping fully into my power and magic as I invite you to join my new community. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast. If after listening to today's podcast, you want to join my brand new community, please visit my website, sarahmoralescoaching.com and click on the DG community tab. I will have the link in the notes for you if, you know, you want to use that link. Today, I've brought back Annie and Lauren, who you met in my first two full-length episodes. These two amazing women were a part of my founding members program, and when I first knew it was time to rebrand and relaunch some of my offerings, I knew these two magical humans needed to be a part of the party that would usher this new thing in. Thank you, Lauren and Annie, so much for being here with me today. So excited to be here with you today. Yeah. Yeah. So excited. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> All right, y'all. So the word of the day today is transformation. And transformation is defined as a complete change in the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that that thing or person is improved. Now, what most of my listeners will relate to is that the transformation that I experienced was birthed from brokenness. I read a quote from Glennon Doyle in 2016 from her Monastery blog, and it changed me. It was life to me. It was a journey I had begun already, but hadn't had the words to express it. In that moment, I knew that this was something I was both doing for myself and that I was meant to help others do for themselves. Here's the quote. You can be shattered. And then you can put yourself back together piece by piece. But what can happen over time is this. You wake up one day and realize that you have put yourself back together completely different. And like I said, when I read that, I, I just knew. I'm like, this, this is what I've been doing for the past, boy, by that time it was five years. And I was in the middle of working for a therapist as a life coach and Boy, I, I was probably less than six months away from launching out into my own business, leaving that safety and security of working at the therapy practice and launching Sarah Morales Coaching. And I knew, I knew this is my journey. This, like my, I remember texting my best friend and being like, this, like, have you read this? Like, you have to, you have to read this thing. Like, this, this is what I want to do. This is my calling. I am meant to help people put themselves back together. Um, and I'm meant to help people transform. So what I wanted to do today is just kind of share with you all my transformation story, which to me is different than my healing story. But before I do that, Lauren, Annie, what, what, what are y'all th thinking so far? I know you got some thoughts. I can tell <laughs> looking at you. I have so many thoughts on how well you kind of encapsulated what it is you do and the mm. magic that you do it with mm. when you introduce the idea. Is it Kintsugi? Oh yeah. Kintsugi. Yeah. The Japanese art where form. Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. break open a plate and then they put it together with gold and it's, it's even mm -hmm. more beautiful and interesting mm -hmm. as it's put back together. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, that's what you've been as a part of my journey. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. you describe like you can be put back together in this place, mm -hmm. it, you nailed it. No, oh, thanks. Yeah. Nailed it. Awesome. 
Well, cool, totally. cool, cool. Yeah, kintsugi is a cool thing. If y'all don't already know it, um, it's such a cathartic thing. It's something I first did in a retreat many years ago with some of my clients. And it was cool, the evolution I did with that the second time I did it with some of my clients. When we put the pottery back together, before we glued two pieces together, we wrote our values on the like side of the pieces. And then so it's like we infused into this piece that we were putting back together the values that we wanted to have be a part of our new thing, right? Like, cause Love when that. we're, when we're born, right? Like we're, we're put into a community or put into a family or put into maybe a religious system and all of these things inform the values that we then live our life out with. When we're broken, as so many of us have been profoundly broken, um, you know, we have this ability and this challenge, you know, before us to be able to put ourselves back together. But this time, as Glennon so eloquently said, we get we get to put it back together. We get to look at the pieces and how they go. And maybe we actually want to leave some pieces out this next time. The last piece, um, the last piece of Kintsugi, I don't know if I ever showed you guys this, actually has a hole in mine. I couldn't put it back together the way that it had originally gone. Um, I could, I even broke it again <laughs> like to try, like as it was starting to harden, I'm like, I can't get this one piece in. I was trying to force it back to be the same. Yeah. And it was like, it's not the same. And it was really funny because a really, really good friend of mine was like, uh, you see what you're doing there, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, shut up, <laughs> like, shut it. You know, I know. <laughs> I, I think yeah. when so many people start healing from anything, from brokenness, you're stuck in this mindset of how do I get back to who I was? Yeah. How do I undo what happened to me, what I've been through to get back to who I was? That's where I want to go. And there is no going back. No. But that's a beautiful thing because Mm -hmm. that's where the transformation. And ownership. When you can embrace that. Yeah. I think that's my point in all of this. And a lot of the work that I'm trying to, to do with people is, you know, most of us are walking around. Maybe we're partially awake. Maybe we're we're living out in partial alignment with who we actually are, but so often because we've not been encouraged to ask questions or not allowed to, you know, um, experiment and different things about figuring out who we are. Do I like art? Do I like sports? Do I like music? Like some of us are, but most of us aren't in all of the areas. And so, you know, when we are broken and we're looking at these pieces of our lives and and we're like, okay, well. Who the fuck actually am I? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what parts of these things actually ring true? Because that piece over there, it actually doesn't feel right. Right? Like, I've tried for all of my life to make that part feel right, and it doesn't feel right, whatever that that is, right? Whether it's a job you're doing, to a religion that you're following, to a sexual orientation that you're trying to live in, whatever it might be, right? And so... um, for me, that really leads into, you know, me realizing that for me, I feel like maybe the first four to five years of my healing journey post D-Day, I I like to say like, I kind of flirted with transformation, right? It was like, I I would do, it's kind of like that partial alignment. It was like partial transformation. Um, But I, I really believe that in order to truly transform, you have to be embracing your awakening. Right. That's why in my community, we use this phrase, I'm awake. Right. Um, I further believe that in order to embrace your awakening, you have to break free from the gaslighting first that caused you to be wounded and betrayed by others 
But secondly, and this is where the true power of transformation happens, when we break free from the gaslighting that we've unknowingly internalized, the gaslighting that has caused us to wound and betray ourselves. When we step into that part, holy, okay, I'll I'll be a little bit nice because I know some of the people, my listeners don't like as much swearing, but I'm like, that's, that's when the true power and the true magic happens is when we're like, oh my gosh, wow, right? And I know you both have felt that power and that shift and that awakening. Um, and it really made me think of another quote from this same um, article that I quoted Glennon in earlier, where she said, self-betrayal is allowing the fear voices to drown out the still small voice that knows what to do and is always leading us home to ourselves and to truth and to love. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that perfect? Yeah. I love that description of home, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I love it. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, um, you know, I don't know about you all, but I was really afraid when I first started my journey, um, to, you know, the, the second kind of awakening, right? Like the second type of gaslighting and am I going to be able to find myself and am I going to be able to know that still small voice? I I'm just scared that I'm not even gonna be able to tell what it is and understanding that it feels like home is like Mm -hmm. a really clarifying way. Cause I think we all can connect with that. It might feel differently to each of us, what that home feels like, but I think we know it. When mm-hmm. once we felt it, oh, for sure, yeah. I was explaining it to a friend of mine um, this week because, especially when I get out of alignment, um, I get stuck in the land of should. Mm-hmm. What, what I should be doing, or you know, mm-hmm. what a what a good mom would do, what mm-hmm. what a, what a good daughter would do, um, and then when I can backtrack and be like, but what does a good Annie do? Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. like peace. And when I'm really aligned with it in action, it feels like peace and joy at the same time. And that, yes. that to me is the home. Yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good analogy, Amy. Like what what does what what is what would you do? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I, I described it to my best friend this week because I gotta have a morning of going to yoga and just spending hours talking with my best friend. And mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. like just being near you, you feel like peace and joy the minute mm. I'm within anywhere near you. Like mm-hmm. th- that's who you are. Don't ever lose that either. So, um, yeah, I feel like Annie with that thing of, of, you know, peace being the first indicator and then peace plus joy is like the Venn diagram center kind of thing of, of knowing home. I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> like, you know, for, for forever, I've said that peace is my, my guiding kind of thing to help me know whether or not I'm finding the right decision or alignment or whatever. But I think that your, your joy on top of that just up-leveled that, right? Because, yeah. you know, you know, I'm all about not making concessions and it's like, peace is not, it's not the end. It's the beginning of knowing home. I think peace plus joy is kind of the thing. So thank you for naming that. That was amazing. I oh, love thank that. Thank you. Yeah. I had a good coach to help me get there. You know, I was going to say, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So for real though, um, you know, I feel like 
you know, me looking back on my path of transformation this morning as I've been doing prepping for this, I was like, man, what I know now is I was walking around half awake for a very, very, very long time. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I wasn't doing bad things half awake, but what I was doing is I was trying to live my life to do the right thing, right? To do the right thing, the best thing, kind of like what you were just talking about, Annie, is like I sh- the land of shoulds, but but I don't know that it always came across as shoulds. It was always like, you know, what is the right thing? What is the best thing? Um, you know, what would that demographic want me to do? What, you know, that kind of a thing, which is shoulds, I guess. Um, but it's not that fully awake way of living that you just talked about, um, which leads us home to ourself. And what would the best Sarah do? You know, what is the right decision for Sarah? This Sarah, because there are a lot of Sarahs. <laughs> like, what's mm-hmm. the right decision for this Sarah in this moment, even? Right? Because a year from now, I might make a different decision as I evolve, as I grow, as I become more awake and more aware and more in alignment and level up, right? Like constantly checking back in with myself. I didn't know how to do that. I knew how to compare myself with the world around me. I didn't know how to sink into my knowing, right? And when that changed for me was my second D-Day, which I referenced in my first um, podcast episode with you, Annie. but everything that I felt I knew to be true, well, ex- with the exception of maybe like the stability of my parents, <laughs> was now uncertain, like literally everything. Um, and and so I felt like because so much of what I thought was true and what I knew to be the way or whatever was like, OK, that doesn't that's not in alignment with what I'm experiencing right now. Like, this is all shit. This is bullshit. Like, <laughs> all of it. So I'm going to question. I gave myself permission to question all the things that had ever caused me to pause. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? Like everything from when I was told something from a church pulpit to a commercial I saw on TV or something that caused me to pause and be like, huh, I don't know what I think about that. Right? Where previously I would have been like, oh, well, I know what to think about that. And then I would hear my pastor or I would hear my teacher, I would hear, right? Like, I know what to think about that, relying on something external. Didn't do that anymore, mm-hmm. right? After that, like, absolute brokenness, I was like, huh, everything that gave me pause, I now allowed myself to put on the table and dissect it and think, well, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? Um, what do I think is healthy? What do I think is kind? What do I think is loving? What do I think is insert value, right? Um, I believe that this questioning for me was the birthplace of me embracing awakening. To ask why, and Mm -hmm. I think especially in our society as a female, to Mm -hmm. start to ask why and out loud is Mm -hmm. one of the bravest things you can do because you're called argumentative or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, why can't you just kind of like fall in line? Like Mm -hmm. all of the things that are brought to us to continue to do that. I think when you talk about that transformation and mm-hmm. ripping that open, each why does that a little bit more. Yeah. That was one, another gift that you gave me. Mm. Yeah. Brave was, that's a good, that's a good way to describe it. Annie is really brave. It takes a lot of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And a there lot. is so much fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like brave isn't something that you do like an absence of fear. You have to me, you have to have the fear to be brave. Right. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's different when you're, (laughs) there's a different kind of fear when you're confronting somebody else. Right. And maybe like that, again, that whole thing of the external gaslighting, which again, I propose that's where we have to start right before we can get to the internal, but there's a different kind of fear when we start confronting the ways that we have been gaslighting ourselves. Right. It's like, what am I going to find when I, when I stop listening to these voices, when I stop gaslighting myself, when I stop betraying myself, when I stop abandoning myself and I show up for myself, what's going to happen. Right. That fear, you know, I think I want to name it in that, well, at least for part of it, and you'll tell me what you think, but I think there's a fear of a lot of repercussions, right? Right, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of the implications of, like you said, Annie, asking the whys or asking the, or or just not even asking, maybe standing up and saying, no, <laughs> like, I don't agree with that, right? Like, what's gonna happen when we allow ourselves to question and challenge any and everything that we want to, right? And then mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, especially in America, um, mm-hmm. where you know we're a very Judeo-Christian centered way of thinking, right? It's it's also who are you to question, right? You can't trust yourself. You can't trust your heart. You can't trust your desires. We're sinful at our core, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things, and that kind of keeps us in this place of being like, yeah, I probably shouldn't challenge things too much because I can't trust myself. Ooh. Right. Yeah. There, yeah. There it was. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't trust myself. Yeah. I, um, I think this would be a good time to share this. One of my, probably my biggest moment into my transformation happened a year ago. Mm. And I remember because I took a picture of myself and how hard I had been crying mm. and I wrote no more. Mm. on the bottom of it and saved it in my oh. phone. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being totally broken. And inside me, I thought I did everything right mm-hmm. with air quotes. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I got straight A's. I mm-hmm. was the cheerleader. I got a scholarship to college. I got married. I had the babies. I did everything right. Mm-hmm. This isn't fair. How am I here? Yeah. yeah. And that was when I, I just had that moment of like, you did it right by everybody else's standards, but like, you don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah. Did you ever even know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't trust myself. Yep. Yeah. We're kind of trained. We're trained to not know ourselves in a way. I agree. You know, I agree, especially as women, because we're Mm -hmm. so powerful. Any of my women, listen, any men that are listening, we love you. We do. If you're healthy, (laughs) we love you. But (laughs) Um, but the majority of my listeners are women, not all, but the majority and listen, women, we are powerful. And that's why for as long as women have been around, we've been tried to be squashed, squelched, whatever the right word is. Right. And so that's why we have to fight so hard to know ourselves. Right. Cause it goes against the construct. Um, but anyways, we digress. I think we digress in great conversations, but we digress. And no, no, don't yeah. be sorry. I know there, there are going to be other people that relate to that. I think we all have our kind of like no more or I'm done just allowing myself to be spoon fed this bullshit. Like I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to question things. And I think for my, for me, mine was, I, I grew up in a, as people know from a lot of the things that I have talked about, grew up in a, a pretty conservative, um, 
highly spiritualized uh, culture. Um, and my, my own choice, I went into some missions and the specific missions, um, program or community that I was a part of was very much about listening for the voice of God, right? Cause he's going to give you direction and all of these kinds of things. And, you know, if you just follow these steps, you're going to be able to hear him as you pray and all of these things. And, um, it was really kind of a big thing to think of allowing God to, to pick your spouse. Right. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I remember the, like the, my first marriage, he was not the first guy that I thought I could marry. Right. Like there were, there were a few others that I had liked and been attracted to and those types of things before him. But every time something would start to happen, I would, I would like go to my journal, which is where I prayed. And I'd be like, you know, is this the one for me, God? Because if it's not like, there's like this scripture and I think I can't remember what maybe it's Esther. I can't remember. Anyways, it's like, take these feelings from me kind of a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would stop liking them. (laughs) Right. And then when that happened with my ex, right. It was like, Oh, I really like this guy. If he's not the one for me, like, you know, take these feelings from me. And instead I got things that I thought were signs that I was supposed to marry him. So I did. Right. And then when my second D day happened, which trigger warning for those of you don't know is when I found out my ex-husband molested my nephew. Um, I was like, well, fuck this shit. I can do a better job picking than that. <laughs> like if this is, if this is the partner that you're going to pick for me, quote unquote God, like, and I'm not saying, you know, there are lots of different beliefs out there and all of those kinds of things. I'm just saying for me, I had so blindly followed these things that entrusted it entrusted it. Right. I gave my own power away. Right. And for me, I hear Annie, yours was about trust. Mine was about my power. Right. It was like I gave my, and and so it was trust too. But for me, it was like I gave away my own power to this external thing. Right. And instead of kind of sinking into my own knowing, it was like almost if, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm thinking right now as we're like doing this right here, it is a lack of self-trust because if I trusted myself enough to make the changes that I needed to make, I wouldn't have to rely on a higher power to make those changes for me. Right? So I'm not saying for those of us that believe in a higher power, I'm not saying that we can't ask our higher power for help. I'm saying, I don't think I should give away that power, the part that is mine to do. Right. So for me, that was my, I, I hear it. It's a similar thing. It was like, no more. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to, you know, do things because this is the way that they're supposed to be done. I'm going to question everything. Right. So from that, um, you know, I had started this journey. Um, part, I always like to give credit uh, to this. I think she's a therapist. I'll have to double check. Anyways, um, a therapist slash coach. Anyways, her name is um, Heather Plett, and she does this thing called the Spiral Path. And I did that with a group of ladies that were betrayal trauma survivors. And um, it was all about like finding your center and um, on the way to your center, releasing all of these different things and finding your voice and connecting. And and again, I remember I was terrified that I wasn't going to hear my own voice. But looking back. 
That's that's what I thought, right? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm not going to hear my voice. But knowing, again, knowing what I know now, it's like I can look back and I'm like, oh, sweet Sarah, five years ago, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I have so much compassion for you, like sweetheart, <laughs> you know? It's like, I, I didn't doubt that I was going to find my voice. I think I already knew that some of the things I was going to find and I was afraid of the rejection and judgment that would come with it. I think that's what it was. It wasn't that I was afraid I couldn't connect with myself. I was afraid of the ramifications of what would happen when I did. Right. That's so valid, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're like, yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Elaborate. I mean... I grew up in a similar type of environment mm. too, where it was, you know, very much like that, where I was focused more on what everyone told me I was supposed to be doing and mm. believing that, that type of stuff. And it was, it's scary to, it was scary for me as well to dig and look at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I remember Sarah, I mean, like going back to the peace thing, you were very like, um, great at saying, go towards peace, mm -hmm. go towards peace. Mm -hmm. Even if there was so much fear there, it was like, if I move towards the peace, I could find myself Yeah, and I could be home. And yeah. I mean, when you say that, I was like, oh yeah, so easy to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. So easy. Mm -hmm. Your brain just goes that way, right? Well, yeah, we've been programmed. Yeah. yeah, that way, right? So we're we're we are actively rewiring every time we ask why or every time we challenge something. Again, it doesn't mean that we're going to discard things. We might we might challenge it and say why, and then we might come. Oh, that's why. Okay, now mm -hmm. I own it. Now it's mine. I claim it. It's part of my power. Right. Um. So, you know, from this birthplace for me, again, kind of circling back around to what was my transformation journey like and how did I arrive to where I am today, to where I'm kind of, you know, a Sarah Morales 2.0, like launching this new stuff. Um, you know, I remember I was doing uh, this values work. It's now this part of this, like probably six week thing I'll launch at some point um, on how to get in touch with your core values. And I was doing it around a retreat. And so of course, you know, part of the, my zone of genius is pulling things from lots of different places and putting them all together into this, this kind of package. And I was doing that for values. And so I was kind of testing things, you know, for my clients, <laughs> for myself, is I was trying to create something for them. And I did this thing around um, meeting your higher self. So you do all this values work and then you do this thing where you meet your higher self. And it was when I met my higher self for the first time. And it was profound and it was magical. And for those of you who know this story, I don't know why she had a white power suit on, but she was badass <laughs> and she looked super hot and powerful and all of the okay. things. And it was glorious and I loved it. And um, that was the higher self that I've had for, for a few years until, um, until last December. And now I have two higher selves that I've asked late between. But um, the thing is, is that when I met my higher self for the first time, I would tell people for years and years after that, well, probably for two years, two or three years after that, I was like, you know, one of the, one of the things that struck me the most about meeting my higher self 
is she was in love and she felt safe. And I couldn't imagine those things coexisting because the depths of betrayal um, and lies and deceit and gaslighting that I had endured in my marriage. I, I couldn't imagine actually feeling safe. I could imagine being in love. That was easy. <laughs> but being in love and feeling safe. So when I, I saw that about her and I knew that about her, I was like, oh, wow. But the thing is, is I didn't disclose the details of what I saw because I didn't see myself standing by myself. I saw myself standing next to a partner and I didn't disclose those things in most places. Again, because I was finding myself and I was scared of what I was finding. Right. And some of you are in the know in this that are listening to my podcast and some of you aren't. <laughs> and what I saw in that moment is I saw another woman standing by my side. And that freaked me the fuck out <laughs> because I had not allowed myself to know that truth yet about myself. And, um, you know, again, part of my transformation was uh, like just lots of different things coming to me. So there was that experience with the values thing. And I kind of just pushed it away. I was like, okay, well, that was interesting. What the fuck does that mean? Let me push that away. Cause that's scary. I'll just hold on to the safe and in love part, <laughs> right? Like the other part I'm not going to touch. Right. And then someone close to me, um, came out, um, and my best friend, sent me or mentioned to me this book called Unclobbered, which I started to read. And it's um, it's a book about uh, this pastor takes six passages in the Bible that are meant to kind of say why um, anything that's LGBTQ is like wrong and you're going to hell and all of these types of things. And he talks about the actual um, context um, for society and what was meant and does what's called exegesis and um, hermeneutics and all of these fancy biblical terms <laughs> about these passages. And it does a brilliant job. I love it. I'm not going to talk too much about it. Um, other than the fact that I was reading it for this other person. And I felt like I was reading it for me. <laughs> I was like, why does this relate? Why do I feel like I'm reading this for myself and not for this other person? Right? Because this person was somebody that I loved and that I wanted to be able to embrace fully. Um, but I knew I had religious programming that that caused me to be a conflict with that, to be able to embrace them fully. Right. So that's why I was reading this book. It wasn't for myself. <laughs> and it was key to me being able to say, well, if I can em embrace this other person, maybe I can embrace myself. And um, I probably spent, I, I didn't do, you know, didn't dig in real deep, but I want to say I probably spent the next two years um, after reading that book simultaneously being curious, <laughs> intentional, and fighting fears and objections to what I was knowing more and more to be true each day. And that's kind of how this went, right? Like the, the like curious and intentional is like, okay, so I saw this woman. I can tell, I know that I am attracted to both men and women. I consider myself, well, there are all different kinds of things out there, y'all, when people talk about stuff. I just say I have, well, um, I just say I have a really big scale. Like some people have smaller scales of sexuality. Like I'm only um, attracted to the opposite sex. Some people are I'm only attracted to the same sex. Some people have a very wide. I say I have a very wide one. Um, so I don't give myself a 
label. I don't feel it's necessary, but I knew that, right? I knew mm-hmm. that it was true. I knew that I was attracted to women and not just men. Um, and so part of the curious and intentional part was like, okay, is this just a trauma response? Right? Like, am I doing this because um, <clears throat> I not only was super betrayed and violated by a man, <laughs> Um, but I hear about shitty men all day long <laughs> in the work that I do, mm-hmm. right? Like men that betray, men that lie, men that cheat, like all of these types of things. So maybe I'm just like super afraid of men. And as I'm like, so I sat with that because I wanted to make sure I wasn't like going into this thing because it wasn't authentically me. I wanted to be in alignment with who I actually was. So then I got curious again and I was like, okay, well, when did I first start, if, if I'm, if I allow myself to not judge myself and just be curious, when can I go back and, and identify when I first started thinking that I was attracted to, to females? And I was like, shit, I can go back to like element, like late elementary school, like sixth, sixth grade, probably. Right. And, and so then I started thinking, well, what did I, what, what, what did I do when I thought those things or when I felt those things? And, um, the, the thing that stood out the most to me, I won't share all of them, but the thing that stood out the most to me is I was, I would tell myself I should have been a man. I would yeah. gaslight myself. Right. And I was not because wow. I want to be a man. Yeah, no, I love being a woman. Listen, I love being a woman. I do not want to be a man. No offense to any of you men out there. Again, I'm raising two boys. So I, I, I believe men are great. Um, I don't want to be one, but, but my brain was like the only way it's okay to feel the feel feel the feelings that I have as if I were a dude. <laughs> so I should have been a man. I would have loved a woman really, really well. I would have made a good man. Interesting, right? Yeah. That, so I did that this fucking, awareness. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was in my forties by then, right? Like early forties. Um, but the mental gymnastics I did to push away those push feelings, right? Yeah. So that I didn't, so, so I felt like I couldn't let them connect to me, right? As Sarah, as a woman, it's not okay for me to feel and think those things, right? So <clears throat> I also did things, I don't know if you guys know this, I also did things like I tried going on apps, on dating apps, like from a heterosexual kind of thing. And I would get all these guys like given, like messaging me and wanting to go on dates with me. And I'd be like, I would either like laugh at them and like screen, take screenshots and send them to my sister or my friend. And like, <laughs> be like, look at this dude. Like, you gotta get, or, or I'd like just be bored or I'd be like, whatever, like not interested. And that was me. I kind of, again, feel like I was trying to fight to stay in this lane yeah. that I felt like I had to be in. For a number of reasons. Again, religious reasons. I grew up, what I, what I was thinking of doing was not okay. Societal. I mean, we're getting better as a society, but, and then also for me was professionally, right? Um, I knew that a, a, a huge percentage of the people who do work in my field come from a Judeo-Christian perspective. And so simultaneously with that are a lot of people who don't agree with a um, LGBTQ lifestyle, right? So I, I knew I could be shooting myself in, in the foot professionally. And I was just getting to the place where I was starting to become known as an expert and all of these kinds of things. So, um, you know, I, I was trying, I was trying to stay in that zone, right? And every once in a while I would go on 
the app and I would, I would toggle, I would do the little toggle so that it would be like women for women kind of a thing. And I would be scared of being found out. But once I got past the fear, I felt so much excitement and so much joy. And like, I was just like, oh God, like it felt like torture when I was in that place where I was so scared, but yet wanting something so much, right? And part of the reason why I'm, I'm being this vulnerable and sharing this story today is because I could not show up in my full power and my full authority if I wasn't being fully authentic, right? I was, I was pushing aside and shutting out a whole part of me, right? So fast forwarding just a little bit, um, there was a hard thing that happened in my little family, uh, me and my kids. And that was kind of the thing that busted down the door, so to speak. Um, and because of the things that were happening, and I was still single parenting, um, doing all of this stuff I just talked about, <laughs> like fighting, noticing I'm attracted to somebody when I was at work or whatever, like not, sorry, not my client. Like I was still waitressing at that time. <laughs> Want to be clear. <laughs> um, so um, I would do be doing all these things. And then this thing happened to my family. And I was just like, um, you know, I am so tired of being alone. I've been single parenting for a long time. I've been probably five years by that point. I don't know. I'd have to do the math again. I was like, I'm ready to find my person. Like I, not to, not so that they fix it. I just want somebody to hold me at the end of the night and tell me we're going to get through this. That's what, that's what I wanted. Like I was ready. And I knew in that moment that if I was going to find that person, I was going to have to come out because I knew that for me, Going back to that vision of my higher self, my higher self told me, this is who your person is. It's another woman. So I knew that I had to take that brave step and it scared the shit out of me. And then I started to do it. <laughs> right? I started one by one. Um, some of them were intentional. Some of them were accidental. Like I couldn't help but tell my sister. <laughs> like I, couldn't, couldn't, I was like, it just came out. It was really funny. Um, but, you know, what one of the things I have realized when I was just like looking back over this journey this morning and thinking about it is that I believe that once I was able to take that brave step and embrace my whole self, that it has been since then that I have seen my transformation and stepping into my power and magic multiply. Absolutely just go from being helpful to people to helpful for people. Because I think I always was helpful. I've helped a lot of people in my career. But the the way that I can help people now is like, oh my God, it's just like, it's multiplied because I am in alignment. I am in my authority because I'm living authentically from my home. Mm. Can That's I so ask a pretty. question? Kind yeah, of from curiosity. ask a question. So you said you told your sister first. How did she react? Oh, I she's... was literally going to ask that, Annie. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. She was like, duh. <laughs> uh, I'm not even kidding. She was like, um, all of the TV shows that you like have a strong female lead. She's like listed off like all of these things. She was like, yeah, like yeah. not surprised. <laughs> How think, validating did that feel for you? Oh, really? Like super validating. Yeah. I felt yeah. really seen and known and accepted and loved. 
Yeah. Same for my oldest. My oldest child was like, yeah, duh, mom. <laughs> oh, my heart. Oh, that's so, oh my yeah. gosh. I think they were probably a junior in high school at the time. And they're wow. like, yeah, duh, mom. <laughs> duh, I can tell I know you. <laughs> yeah. I Like they were waiting. Mm-hmm. Waiting for you to find you. Yeah. Oh, and I can't imagine what that reaction felt like, especially from your oldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, sinking really into that home you know what i that that love and peace yeah. just like oh yeah enjoy the feels we call yeah. them the feels at my house yeah side note the first time i went on a date and it, i actually t- texted my sister afterwards the first time i went on a date with a, a woman um i was like at the end of the day she's like i was texting her and she's like how did it feel i'm like i've never felt more comfortable in my own skin never I was like, I knew like this, this, this is me. This is me. I didn't have a doubt. I didn't like, I just felt alive and free. It was, it was amazing. So again, um, why am I sharing this? Like, what's the point? Like, you know, I told the, you two of you offline before we started, like, I'm not trying to do this to be self-indulgent. This is, it's always scary for a person in the LGBTQ community to come out. There's almost always ramifications. Almost always. Um, so I'm not trying to do this to be indulgent. I'm doing this because I don't want to hide any part of me in my life. And I think I was telling you specifically, Annie, that, um, as my podcast continues to grow and more people are hearing me and I'm getting invitations to speak at other podcasts, I've already done that. But every time I've stepped into another podcast, I've always been afraid, like if they knew that I was married to another woman, would they still want me on their podcast? If they knew this, would this person still want me to be their coach? If, And I'm tired of living that way. I want my community to be my fucking community. So I want my people who are listening to my podcast to know me in my fullness. To know I'm me. sorry that we're like still in a place where you felt that way. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is what it is. You know, don't say gay. Thank you, Florida. You know, it is 2022. God. This is still stuff that we deal with on the regular. And so, yeah, I do. And I can almost guarantee I will lose podcast followers because of this. And that's okay. I want my community. I want people who know me and I, where I don't have to hide any part of me that I can show up authentically and vulnerably and not holding any part of myself back. So um, I think that's crucial for me to continue to live and thrive and grow and continue to transform. And I think it's not pivotal, what's the right word, essential for me if I'm going to show up and help others do the same thing, right? How can I teach others to embrace all of themselves and to live authentic and free if I'm not doing it myself? Right. Um, so the other reason, and, and Annie, again, I think you helped point this out to me. Um, we were talking about things and you're like, you are being such an advocate for your community. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that. Like, I'm just being me. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then I was like, but wait, I want to be an advocate for my community. Right. Like, I want to stand up and speak out for other people who may not be there yet, right? Like I was four or five years ago where they're still afraid or they're still overcoming the obstacles or different things. Like I want to, I want to be an advocate. So, um, so th- that's kind of the story of 
the biggest piece of my transformation because so much of the work I had done, but it was that huge part of me that had been like kept at bay that kept me from really stepping into um, my magic and my power. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a deconstruction zone today, <laughs> right? Because we're not really talking about things traditionally, but I was thinking about, do I want to put in a set your alarm? And this is where for me, why I, one of the main reasons why I brought on Annie and Lauren to be a part of me sharing my transformation story um, is because about a year ago, I launched my deconstructing gaslighting 12 week program um, and invited five women to be a part um, of it by being my founding members. And for me, there was a beautiful symbiotic experience that happened. Me seeing and experiencing the, the way that the program that I had worked so hard on was absolutely transforming these women's lives. And as I witnessed that, I was transformed too. Um, these women allowed me to see just how much power and magic I had, and they inspired me to continue to evolve in the work that I do. Um, it's why I now know that I am both meant to coach people into places of clarity, confidence, being empowered, awake, and free, and I also know I'm meant to blow shit up. <laughs> like, yes, like with yes, this podcast, are. right? Yep. Blowing up the matrix. I'm meant to. I was born to bring awareness and freedom to people. And so I guess the kind of set your alarm piece for me today is inviting you, my listeners, to check out my new community. Um, it will be a place where you can ask questions and get answers from me both in writing and in a live Q&A um, that I'll be doing bi-weekly. Um, so I'd love to take this podcast and this, this kind of community that is already starting to form with this podcast into something more interactive and connected. So um, the Set Your Alarm is check it out. <laughs> check out the community. Um, so, you know, I want to open it up a little bit Lauren and Annie, just to general thoughts and questions before we kind of wrap up our the podcast episode for today. How how do you feel knowing that this is going to be released? That it's coming up. Yeah. Um, nervous, right? Like I think it's that it's that duality, right? Again, I'm pretty sure there will be some people that won't want to listen to me anymore. Um, but I also think it's going to unleash more power because I won't be wondering. I won't have anywhere in my subconscious or conscious mind, what if? What if they don't know? Or, yeah, what if they don't know? And what if they did know? Would they? No, that won't be there. It's like they can hear it. They can hear it all. It's right there. <laughs> Episode 14. <laughs> I was born to do this. I'm not afraid. I'm born to do this. Even though I am a little afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what but makes you're... it brave. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that I was like, your bravery sets the example for everybody listening. Mm -hmm. And I know it did for me. Mm -hmm. And I know it did for Annie. It made a When huge I told difference. you about the advocacy and mm -hmm. I watched like, you were shocked that I said, you connecting and sending those emails where you say, this is who I am. So mm -hmm. if you don't want me on your podcast, like I understand. Yeah. 
the fact that you didn't realize what a huge advocate yeah. that made you and the the impact that you can have. I, I, I'm curious to see the impact that you're going to have on people who are in a similar place now mm. that you were then mm-hmm. and going to ignite that transformation like with a podcast. The, yeah. the feedback you're going to get, I'm really excited to see. I'm excited too. Thank you, Annie. Stepping into the power. Yeah. That's why we're in the matrix, Sarah. That's why you're queen, Sarah. Aw. Um, you know, I'm curious before we end, you know, just what anything y'all would like to add about what you think is important for my listeners to know about either embracing your awakening or transformation. Just what are some some, you know, important ahas or um motivational things i don't know anything like anything like that i'm like what am i trying to say here <laughs> i think y'all to know, me y'all the know. the community was a game changer mm-hmm. i did not realize how how huge being a part of a community and having other people along the same journey as support mm-hmm. was going to matter and you mm-hmm. you have a quote i think it's on your webpage if if you is it if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together yep that's it Oh, so the -hmm. community that you created and the support, Mm -hmm. um, really is something to keep in the, and someone needs to keep in the back of their mind when they're ready to do this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's scary to step Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. yourself. And it was like, I remember days coming in and being like, I don't really know. And then one of, one of you or somebody else would be like, Oh no, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) And it was like, Uh Oh, I am. Shit. I'm yeah. totally doing this, you know? Um it's it's so powerful. Yeah. It's okay. powerful to find yourself. It is powerful. So I I think that made made me think of a question that I would love to end with. Um which is, you know, for me, um what I would say are some of the biggest uh results and experiences that I have now that I have really stepped into being awake and transforming and free. Um well, is free. Um, and empowered and um, just stepping into my magic, right? Like those are three things that I would say for me. Um, What would you say are are some of the biggest kind of like effects on your life that having gone through some of this transformation like I have has happened for you? I don't think I said that right, but you know what I mean? (laughs) I think, well, Free is a big one for me. I figured out that was a big value of mine. Mm, mm -hmm. I think freedom in general, being like, I'm free to be me. I'm free to say what I need to say. I'm I'm not afraid to like wear what I want to wear. Like being Mm -hmm. free and not holding the fear and the guilt Mm -hmm. um, is probably my favorite part Mm. because I love being me. Yeah. And I had lost her. And I think and I see that is amazing. I think I see a lot um, of the freedom in the way that you navigate your boundaries now too. I think they're linked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because yeah, you can yeah. hold your boundaries because you there's a freedom now that you have where before that lack of freedom made you more like um, connected to the results of what would happen when you yeah. put your boundary or you tried to hold your boundary and now you're free of those. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sarah. Look yeah. at that. You just connected that for me too. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, freedom for me. That yeah. 
huge. And 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 joy, kind mm-hmm. of like what Annie said. Mm-hmm. Joy was another one of my values that I found. Is like when you have free. When I felt free, the joy that comes is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't ever want to go backwards. Yeah. yeah. You know, once you're know. here, you're like, well, I am not going back to that. Nope. Nope. I am staying here. Yep. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Love it. Freedom um, also comes to mind for me Mm -hmm. along with peace. um, However, connection is my number one value. Mm. So it was something I was always seeking. Mm -hmm. um, But the game changer for me was self-love because I was seeking connection by trying to pour love into everyone else. And if you, yeah. To me, you can't really effectively do that yeah. and connect and lift others until you're doing that within yourself. Yeah. Because it becomes a self-abandonment and people-pleasing to earn that that external love yep. because you're not creating it from the inside. Yep. Um, and it, it's it'll always be tough because self-love is a rebellion mm. in our society. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it intimidates people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it really set me free to, and most days I'm, most days I hit it. I think nobody hits it hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. but that it allowed me to love better and connect more and lift others and lift myself and my kids mm-hmm. in a way that I did not ever think was possible. Yay. It gave me hope. All right. Yeah. Wrap. That's a wrap. We did that. That's a wrap. <laughs> for real though it was like mic drop moment like that there was so much power in that and i'm i'm sure from all three of our stories and and things right there that people are going to be inspired um and encouraged that listen i i said it to somebody the other day i think all it takes is openness willingness and dedication and you can have this too um it's, it doesn't require anything necessarily special. I mean, yeah, we're three magical, powerful women, but that's Hell because yeah, we we've are. tapped into our knowing, right? I don't know about you, but I have not always been this way, right? Definitely not. Right? Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely no. not. This. Nope. <laughs> right? Nope. So it's like, you know, dear listener, you can have this too. You can what have were the three too. things you said, Sarah? Openness. Right. Like being open to learn and to receive downloads and to go hard places. Um, willingness. Right. Being willing and then mm-hmm. um, dedication because it takes hard work. It yeah. Does. Openness and willingness might be the, kind of the same. I don't know. No, I don't think openness the same. could be like vulnerability too. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is different. Yeah. And yeah. that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. Got to be ready. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Lauren and Annie, thank you so much for um, bringing the party to us, uh, to me (laughs) launching this new community that I would love for people to be a part of. Um, Listeners, my dear listeners, I want you to be on my podcast. If you would like to be on my podcast, um, please go to my website. Again, that's sarahmoralescoaching.com and you'll find a place that says contact me and you can let me know you want to be on my podcast. And then what better way to end this episode about transformation 
than by listening to Wendy Child's Not Today. And as we head off to listen to Wendy Child's song, remember, it's not about becoming who you want to be. It's about awakening all that you already are. We got stars 